your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 558 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, just a couple of minutes ago, in fact, wrapping up a 5-4 to four overtime victory in Detroit against the Red Wings. The Rangers, with that win win both games of a back-to-back. They go into Pittsburgh, defeat the Penguins 3-2. They then turn around and rally for a 5-4 overtime victory against the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, honestly, this game probably should have never even gotten to overtime. More on that in a second. But first, I think we got to go right to the big finish here. Everything that happened in the overtime period, specifically Andrew Kopp's game winner. Uh, But first, I did want to point out a play and kind of give Adam Fox some props. You know, it's three-on-three. It's always hard to be a defenseman playing three-on-three hockey. There's so much uh, extra real estate out there and so much ground to cover, but he did a great job standing up Dylan Larkin as Larkin was driving toward the Ranger net, and Larkin and Fox, you know, they were all tied up uh, after this happened. They both kind of fell to the ice. It looked like Larkin kind of tripped over Fox trying to get back up. The uh, the uh, excuse me, the fans in Detroit really wanted a penalty called here. I was keeping an eye on the official, but I'm glad that his arm didn't go up into the air. I mean, this to me didn't really look like a penalty as much as it was just simple entanglement. And uh, obviously the play continued not too long after that. You had a really nice shoulder save by Alex Georgiev in the middle of this overtime period. And he obviously did not have his A game in this contest. But he came up clutch in the overtime period here. And then you get a situation where the Rangers have a face-off in the defensive zone. And this is part of the reason why they got Andrew Kopp. Kopp won 60% of his face-offs on the night, but none bigger than this one right here. Once again, a defensive zone face-off in the overtime period. And we know, you know, three-on-three overtime, obviously the team that wins the face-off, they can maintain possession of the puck for a long amount of time. And on top of that, this one's happening in your own zone. But Kopp wins the draw. And you've got uh, Panarin and Ke'Andre Miller also on the ice at this time. And basically, the Rangers just rush into the zone. Kopp passes to his right to Artemi Panarin. Panarin sends it back to Andrew Kopp for the game winner. A little tapping goal from the doorstep there. But this was great because Panarin uh, made an outlet pass out of the Rangers zone, leading Andrew Kopp up the ice. And Kopp's in the neutral zone, kind of going in up the right side. But instead of just, you know, continuing to zip ahead and, and go right over the blue line, he basically veered to his left, went almost straight across the red line. And I think the reason why he did this is he wanted to let Artemi Panarin catch up to him so they could kind of go in together. And once Panarin, you know, kind of hit the jets and caught up, Kopp then passed across the ice, uh, to his right, leading Artemi Panarin into the offensive zone, and then Panarin back to his left to Andrew Kopp, and once again, Kopp with the tipping goal. Rangers win 5-4 to four and claim both games of this back-to-back road trip, and that leads me into something else that I want to talk about, just the simple fact that this game probably shouldn't have been in overtime to begin with. I thought the Rangers honestly defended nearly as well in this game 
as they did in the game before against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, obviously, it's a little bit different. The Penguins are a better team than the Detroit Red Wings, and they just have more weapons overall. Uh, and on top of that, the Rangers in this game here tonight were playing on the second game of a back-to-back, and you know, obviously, that can always affect you one way or the other, uh, maybe slow you down just a little bit. But the fact that they were able to go out there and, once again, play stout defense against a Detroit Red Wings team in their building on the second game of a back-to-back, that's really impressive. Rangers really did a nice job shutting Detroit down. And you might hear all that if you miss this game and say, okay, well then, how did Detroit end up with four goals? Well, to answer that question, and let me preface this by saying that I really don't like to come on this podcast and, and point fingers at certain players and you know blame bad things on, on certain guys. I mean, you have to do it once in a while if you're going to remain objective on here. And I think this might be one of those uh, situations. Alex Yorgiev really had a rough night for himself. He stops 22 of 26 shots. Uh, he actually ends up getting his fourth consecutive victory for this New York Ranger team. So that's the good news. Uh, the bad news is that he just was not sharp in this game. I don't think any of the Detroit four goals that they scored were completely unstoppable. And the first two, the one that was scored by Rasmussen in the first period, that tied the game at 1-1. And then also the game, uh, excuse me, the goal scored by Jacob Vrana late in the first period on the power play. Neither one of those goals should have ever gone into the net. I don't care who's playing in, in goal, whether it's Shesterkin, whether it's Alex Yorgiev, whether it's any NHL goalie, these pucks just cannot go into the net. I mean, the one with Rasmussen is one of the softest goals that you will see an NHL goalie allow, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Uh, basically, you know, Rasmussen took a shot from the top of the left faceoff circle, and, you know, Truba was there. And for a second, I thought maybe the puck might have deflected off of Jacob Truba's stick. But if it did, I mean, it barely grazed it. And it didn't really change the trajectory or the speed of the shot or cause the puck to go in a completely different direction. It was nothing like that. When right on goal, Georgiev was there. He looked to make a simple pad stop. But the puck, I mean, it's, it's so hard to even describe this because I, I almost feel like I can't do it justice how shocking it was that this puck went into the net. But basically, gets a piece of Georgiev's pad, uh, deflects into the air, off of his arm, right arm, off of the post, back off of Georgiev, and into the net. Just a completely inexplicable goal to allow there. And again, I'm not trying to kill Alex Georgiev. you got to give him some credit. He hung in there tonight. He found a way to get this win despite giving up you know, some softer goals, and he is 4-0 in his last four starts. Credit where it's due. Uh, this goal, though, I mean, I think I can't be the only Ranger fan whose jaw basically hit the floor uh, when we saw this puck go into the net here. And the second goal that Georgiev allowed, again, this one was scored by Jacob Verana. This one wasn't really a whole lot better. This one came with the Detroit Red Wings on the power play. Uh, I do want to mention that the Rangers nearly got a shorthanded goal. You had a situation where Adam Fox stole the puck and sprung Chris Kreider on a partial breakaway. And anytime Chris Kreider has the puck in deep on the doorstep, you get the feeling that that puck's going into the net uh, was not meant to be here. But Kreider did an awesome job kind of using his body to almost, you know, box out the defenseman who was closing in on him. Uh, maintain control of the puck, and didn't score on his initial shot, couldn't bury his own rebound either. Uh, there was also a great diving play by Tyler Mott on this uh, penalty kill, and this is somebody that uh, he's won me over very quickly in a very short amount of time since coming in uh, during the trade deadline day to the New York Rangers, but uh, you know, the, the Red Wings had a chance from in deep, and Mott basically just laid out full-on headfirst dive across the ice, knocking the puck away from Detroit and into the corner to, uh, you know, get it out of harm's way there. Uh, but then, you know, you get a situation where 
Verano takes a shot from the top of the right faceoff circle, and it just goes in. It went right between the wickets for Alex Georgiev, right through the five hole. Uh, Georgiev knew it. He knew it was another soft goal. He was kind of doubled over in his crease, and uh, at this point, you're really hoping that he gets it under control here because you don't want to... I mean, first of all, you feel for him. He's he's left in two completely soft, completely preventable goals here, and it's got to be a little bit embarrassing to have two goals in one period uh, go in like that. You know, they, they obviously were not high-danger scoring opportunities. So he's not feeling good about it. Nobody's really feeling good about it. Like I said, it just went right through the five hole. It wasn't from a high-danger area on the ice. The puck wasn't deflected. Georgiev wasn't screened. Uh, basically just another inexplicable goal. And if you're the Detroit Red Wings at this point in the game, uh, all you're thinking at this point should be shoot, shoot, shoot. Because obviously Alex Georgiev was not sharp to start this game here. But the good news is the Rangers answered right back. They, just a couple of minutes after this, win an offensive zone draw. Lafreniere won the faceoff. Clean back to his left to Braden Schneider. Schneider's along the boards. Schneider makes a backhand pass over to Patrick Nemeth for a one-timer. And Heedle's there on the doorstep, deflects it home. Ties the game at 2-2 with two minutes and a little bit of change left in the first period. But a great goal here. It certainly seemed like it was a design play. And the Rangers obviously executed. And just like that, they are tied going into the first intermission. We are going to continue breaking this one down in just a second. And we will also have some thoughts on the Ranger line combinations. Greg McKegg subbing into the lineup over Johnny Brodzinski. And a couple of other, you know, highlights and lowlights, obviously, from this game here against the Detroit Red Wings. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, I certainly do not want to uh, just gloss over a goal by Ryan Reeves. He gets his third of the season here. Actually turns out to be unassisted, and he got a little bit of a lucky bounce on the play as well, but I actually want to back up to right before uh, Ryan Reeves takes this shot and scores. Uh, There was a situation where the Red Wings were working the puck along the boards. Certainly looked like the puck was going to come out of the zone, and I'm about 90% sure it was Patrick Nemeth who made this play. I've been watching the replay. I'm trying so hard to see who it was and uh, what number they're wearing. It's very, very difficult to see. This is very rare that I can't identify a player on the Rangers, but I'm pretty sure it was Patrick Nemeth. Uh, Braden Schneider was on the ice while this happened as well, and it wasn't him, and it certainly looked like somebody who was playing defenseman, so I think it was Nemeth. I'm going to go with Nemeth. Uh, He made a really nice play. You know, again, the Red Wings, it looks like the puck's going to come out, and he comes up. He comes flying uh, up into the Rangers zone, or, or the Detroit zone, excuse me, and he puts a big check on his guy, and that allowed Ryan Reeves to come away with the puck. Reeves goes in up the left side. He tries to make a pass to Tyler Mott on the other side of the net, and 
the pass was broken up by Detroit, but it actually worked out in Ryan Reeves' favor because the puck was just laying there, and at that point, he just pulled the trigger, took the shot, and uh, put the puck in the net, beat Alex Angelkovich, and that gave the Rangers a one to nothing lead. So like I said, we can't just gloss over a goal by Ryan Reeves. Obviously, he's out there to hit and be physical, and I thought he did a nice job of that in this game for sure. Uh, only two hits registered for Ryan Reeves, but uh, a strong night overall for the fourth line, despite them not really playing as much as you know a lot of other guys. Uh, Reeves had 923, Greg McKay had 934, and Tyler Mott had 12 37, but they had a couple of good shifts. You know, there was a shift in the third period. Early in the third period, and the game was tied at this point, where they did a great job, you know, keeping the puck pinned on Detroit's side of the ice. It was a really long offensive zone possession. Uh, they did not end up scoring or really getting any high danger scoring opportunities out of it, but just a nice job, you know, keeping the puck on Detroit's side of the ice. Obviously, Detroit's not going to score with the puck back there, and uh, obviously, you know, making them work very hard just to uh, expand the energy to get the puck out of the zone. So a nice job there, and uh, again, credit to Reeves. Look, I know he's not, you know, on the Rangers to score points. He's out there to watch out for his teammates and be the enforcer, and I think he's done that, but let's not act like Ryan Reeves is completely clueless when he's got the puck. I mean, that is his third goal, and he's got eight assists this year as well. So 11 points for Ryan Reeves, not too shabby coming uh, from somebody who's obviously widely known as, you know, the tough guy, the enforcer, and the guy that'll drop the gloves when the occasion calls for it. The other thing that I wanted to talk about here is the pregame decision to put Greg McKay back into the lineup and take Johnny Brodzinski out of the lineup, making him a healthy scratch. And at first, you know, like a lot of you, I, I was on Twitter, and I, I know people aren't necessarily thrilled about Greg McKay getting back into the lineup. Uh, so I groaned like a lot of you, I'm sure, did when I first saw that. And just, you know, come on, this team's playing well. Brodzinski's played pretty well. Why not just leave him in the lineup? Uh, but the more I thought about it, Again, it comes back to something that we've talked about on this podcast, the very simple fact that the Rangers' playoff spot is very, very secure right now. The eight Eastern Conference playoff teams are pretty much set in stone at this point in the season. The Rangers are going to be there, and I realize you want to win every game, and you want to get as many points as possible, and once again, hopefully get a uh, home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs, likely against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But with all that said, you know, McKaig, he plays hard. He's had his role on this team this year, however small of a role it might be. And on top of that, I don't think too many of us want Greg McKay to be a healthy scratch for the rest of the regular season. And then the playoffs roll around and the Rangers have an injury or two. And now you have to throw Greg McKay back into the lineup in the middle of a playoff series against the Pittsburgh Penguins when he hasn't played in any of the previous, you know, 25 or so New York Ranger games. I think it's fine to give him a game here. I would go right back to Johnny Brodzinski in the next game. We'll see if that's what the Rangers look to do. Uh, I know that teams don't always like to change after a win, but they changed after the win before this one because Brodzinski was out there for the game against the Penguins, was not out there for this game here against the Detroit Red Wings. So if it's just a, a kind of a one-off appearance by Greg McKaig, completely fine with that. Totally understand where the Rangers are coming from. But I do think Johnny Brodzinski uh, has been the better of the two players overall and should be in the lineup over McKaig more often than not going forward. But we will go ahead and continue breaking this one down in just a second. I'm also going to talk about something that's become a little bit of a troubling trend. I'm certainly not ready to hit the panic button just yet, but we will get into what that is in just a second here. So at the end of the first period, Rangers and Red Wings tied at two goals apiece, and Greg McKay takes an ill-advised tripping penalty. I mean, the Red Wings at least had the puck in the Rangers' zone, but I just didn't think he really needed to do that. A little bit careless with his stick, just kind of reaching for the puck, and uh, takes the tripping penalty. Obviously, it carries over into the second period. Wings get a minute and 54 seconds on the man advantage, and another goal scored here that 
I think Alex Georgiev could have had. I mean, certainly it wasn't as egregious as the first two goals that he permitted in this game. But, you know, Bertuzzi takes a shot from the high slot and just goes over Georgiev's blocker and into the net. Like I said, not as bad as the first two that he allowed, but was this completely unstoppable? No, I'd have to say no. So, uh, you know, again, Georgiev, fairly clean look at the shot. There was a Ranger there, but I don't think there was a deflection here either. So just like that, Detroit back on top, 3-2. to two. And I shouted out the fourth line a little bit earlier in tonight's episode, and this is one of the instances that I was talking about. Again, they had limited ice time, but they had a really strong shift here with the Rangers down by a goal. You had a pass from Tyler Mott in front to Ryan Reeves, who um, was denied on a really nice save by Najelkovic. And McKeg got there, wasn't quite able to bury the rebound, but a good scoring opportunity once again for the Ranger fourth line. But then right after this, the Rangers were uh, kind of in a partial line change because Vitrano ended up assisting Artemi Panarin for the goal. Panarin had just come out of the ice. But basically what happened, Vitrano passes the puck from behind the Red Wing net in front to Artemi Panarin, and Panarin, just an absolute snipe of a one-timer, winds back and just cranks it. This whole thing started... Uh, all the way back in the Rangers zone. And in fact, all five Rangers on the ice touched this puck in succession. You had Patrick Nemeth making a pass over to his right in the Rangers zone to Braden Schneider. Schneider sends the puck up the center of the ice and the Rangers tip it into the Detroit zone. And now it's time to get to work on the forecheck and leave it to Mika Zibanejad to do just that. Mika Zibanejad, like I've been talking about, one of the absolute best centers in hockey. I just don't know what more you could possibly ask for from your top line center than what this guy gives you night in and night out. Just has a phenomenal all-around game, and that was on display here because he goes darting in on the forecheck, pokes the puck away from the two Detroit players that were there, just wanted to get the puck more than they did and outwork them for it, gets it over to Vetrano. Now, Vetrano carries the puck around. Uh, he's already behind the Detroit net, but he carries it to the other side, and that's when he saw Panarin. You know, he had just come onto the ice, just zipping into the zone, and Vetrano passes to him, and Panarin takes care of the rest, like I said, with just a wicked one-timer, making the score 3-3, three to three, once again pulling the Rangers even. And I mentioned, obviously, that Georgiev had a rough night, but it's not to say that he didn't make a nice save here, a nice save there. Uh, there was an instance early in the third period. Once again, game still tied at 3-3. Three to three. You get a strong drive to the net by Valeno, and Georgiev really held his ground, made a really tough save, kind of got bowled into. What happened, Valeno and Lafreniere uh, were kind of uh, neck and neck there. And they both ended up kind of crashing into Georgiev. Both of them fell to the crease. Uh, but Georgiev kept the puck out there. So a nice save. And then the Red Wings right after this, though, they win a faceoff. Mark Stahl takes a shot. It hits the skate of Ernie. Ernie backhands it into the net. And again, not a shot that's completely impossible to save. Not an easy save either. But again, you know, Georgiev just was not sharp in this contest here tonight. And then uh, a really nice play by Tyler Mott. You know, I've been uh, giving credit to the fourth line here tonight, and Mott has very quickly, like I said, become one of my favorite players on the Rangers. And I almost feel bad because, you know, going into the NHL trade deadline this year, I did a two-part special where we took a look at the eight non-playoff teams in the Eastern Conference and then also the eight non-playoff teams in the Western Conference. And I tried to come up with the ideal trade target from each of those teams for the New York Rangers to potentially look to add. And when I got to the Canucks, I mean, you can go back and listen to the episode. 
But I got to Tyler Mott, and I saw that he was an impending UFA, and I kind of just glossed over him, didn't really think much of it. Uh, he's somebody that I have not had enough of an opportunity to get to see play on a regular basis prior to this trade to the New York Rangers, but he's already one of my favorite players. You know, if, if he re-signs with the Rangers after this season, and that's a big if because he is a rental, and a lot of times these rentals are just that. They're there for the second half of the season, uh, however far the team goes in the playoffs, and then they're on their way in free agency, and that could be the case with Mott. But if Mott re-signs with the Rangers on any sort of a long-term deal, that could be my next jersey. You know, it's so easy to go out there and get an Artemi Panarin or get a Mika Zibanejad or get an Igor Shesterkin. And if you guys have those jerseys, that's fantastic. I don't blame you for one second. All those guys are signed long-term and they're all phenomenal players. But I don't know, man. I just like these players that play with a lot of tenacity, play with a lot of grit. Uh, they're scrappy and they overachieve. And I think Tyler Mott really fits that description. Uh, again, I'm not going to do it now because there's a chance that he could end up on another team as soon as next season. But yeah, you know, a little bit of a dark horse candidate as far as uh, my next Ranger jersey or sweater, if you prefer. But getting back to the actual play here, uh, yeah, Tyler Mott forces a turnover. He goes in with a full head of steam on a partial breakaway. The save was made, and he went just absolutely flying into the boards. Uh, he fell to the ice. There was a Detroit defenseman kind of applying pressure and trying to make contact with him and prevent the scoring opportunity. And Mott wiped out after his shot was denied. And again, just back first. Hit the boards about as hard as you could, just sliding across the ice there. Uh, fortunately, he was okay. Resulted in a play stoppage, but uh, I don't think he missed a shift after this. And, uh, you know, again, Tyler Mott just kind of uh, living up to his reputation of being a uh, tenacious bottom six forward for this New York Ranger team. But I definitely want to take you guys through the game-time goal. I mean, who do you think score on the power play for the New York Rangers? Yeah, that would be Chris Kreider. He actually gets a little bit of a lucky bounce on this one, but the Rangers are on the power play uh, just about 30 or 35 seconds into the man advantage. You've got Panarin. He's got the puck along the boards on the right side, starts to move toward the center of the ice, but then he passes in deep to Chris Kreider. Now, Kreider's not on the crease. He's more, uh, you know, away from the net, uh, just in front of the goal line, and he tried to pass across the crease to Andrew Kopp. And when I watched this play live, I thought that that's exactly what happened. I thought, Kreider found Cop on the doorstep, and Cop tipped it in, but instead, it actually deflected off the skate of a Detroit defenseman, went into the net that way. So, uh, you know, Kreider gets a little bit of a break there, but to say he's earned a break like that would certainly be an understatement, because this guy uh, just has been absolutely fantastic this season. His 46th goal, he had never had a 30-goal season before this one. A lot of them have been really clutch, including uh, this goal that he scored right here. Ties the game at four with just 338 left to play in regulation. Obviously set the stage for the Rangers to end up winning it in overtime. But my God, I mean, just night after night, you can't keep this guy off the score sheet. You cannot keep this guy from scoring a goal. And yes, a little bit of a lucky bounce here, but this guy brings it every single night. He has found that consistency that has long eluded him in his NHL career. He's always been a good player. He's just always been a very streaky player. And not so this season. Uh, the guy's just been on fire basically since the puck dropped on opening night right up here to current day and got a shot at a 50-goal season after never scoring 30 before this, and he's 30 years old. Just incredible stuff and uh, happy to see Chris Kreider. Again, the hockey gods probably smiling on him with the way he's played this season. A little bit of a lucky bounce, but we'll take it. Chris Kreider will take it. The Rangers will take it. Game tied at four late in the third period. And like I said, that set the stage for the overtime heroics from Andrew Kopp and Artemi Panarin. A little give and go. Andrew Kopp uh, scoring the game winner. Uh, I did mention a minute ago, though, that there was a little bit of a trend recently that is not good for the New York Rangers. And that's quite simply that the penalty kill 
has really hit a little bit of a snag recently. Uh, they were ranked number 11 coming into tonight's game, and that's about as low as I can remember seeing them ranked pretty much all season. You know, for a while they were top five. They haven't been out of the top 10 in a very long time, if at all, this season. They dropped to number 11 uh, coming into tonight's game, and that probably got worse because the Detroit Red Wings scored on two of their three power play opportunities in this game. Now, I realize tonight part of the reason for that was that Alex Georgiev once again did not have his A game, and both of those goals were preventable, especially the first one that was scored on the power play. Uh, but be that as it may, that's uh, a situation that hopefully the Rangers can rectify down the stretch here because uh, we've talked about this. Special teams are big in the playoffs, especially the penalty kill. I think you'd have to look a really long time to find a recent Stanley Cup champion that had a poor penalty kill. It's very, very important in playoff time. I mean, ideally stay out of the box in general, but if you don't, you got to be able to kill off those power plays. And uh, the Rangers have not been doing that recently. Going to keep an eye on that going forward. Obviously, Kevin Rooney's been out of the lineup. He's one of their better penalty killers. Uh, but there's just too many good penalty killers on this team, especially now that you've added Andrew Kopp and Tyler Mott, uh, for the Rangers to be giving up as many goals on the man advantage as they've been giving up recently. So like I said, we'll keep an eye on that going forward. We'll see if there's any personnel changes from the Rangers. I would think not. I mean, I think sooner or later, they'll right the ship here. Again, it's just... The penalty kill unit is the sum of its parts, and there's just too many good penalty killers on this team, not to mention all the great Ranger defensemen like Fox, Lindgren, Keandre Miller, Jacob Trueba. They all get uh, a lot of time on the penalty kill every night. In fact, in this game, all four of those guys I just mentioned got 206 or more on the penalty kill. Uh, Lindgren had 206. He had the fewest of the four. Jacob Trueba had 228. He had the most of the four. So, yeah, uh, I think eventually they will course correct there, but uh, I'd be lying if I said that I hadn't noticed that the Rangers are giving up more power play goals in recent games than we're used to seeing them give up. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Uh, once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to go through all the biggest takeaways from the month of March for the New York Rangers. Always a lot of fun doing that, doing kind of a monthly recap, and also taking a look ahead at what's to come in the next month. Of course, that would be April, the final month of the regular season for the New York Rangers, if you can possibly believe that. Yes, the Stanley Cup playoffs are almost upon us. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodin and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.